Welcome back to another episode of EmigCast. I'm Nicholas, and I'll be doing double duty this episode as I talk through a new theme of episode we're doing called Journal Club. We're using a best evidence topic format to quickly do a lit search to answer a clinical question, much in the same way we'll have to do in the future as ER docs on the fly. The idea is to have a practical approach to finding evidence-based answers, so I'm starting off this series with a question that came up on my EM sub-internship rotation. We had numerous cases of cardiac arrest, and while some of them ended up getting ROSC, which is an acronym that stands for Return of Spontaneous Circulation, aka getting a pulse back, I wondered how many of them would actually end up leading normalish lives again. After all, that's often what really matters to the patients and families when they're making decisions about end-of-life care. As many of you are probably familiar, epinephrine is a mainstay in the ACLS algorithms. Epi has been shown to have benefit in achieving ROSC. However, when we give epi in these situations, it's also getting circulated to the brain where it can vasoconstrict. At some point, we might underperfuse the brain such that even if we get ROSC, maybe it was too much epi for the brain. Is it possible to induce a global ischemic stroke from too much epi during a code? Are most of the people surviving an arrest permanently neurologically impaired such that their quality of life is much worse? Or when do we need to give it in order for it to have its best effect? That was that was the kind of crux of my question. So in order to get an answer from LitSearch, I needed to create a more narrow answerable question. So mine was, in adults in cardiac arrest, does epinephrine compared with no epinephrine or time to epidose lead to good neurological outcomes? So that's a complex question, but it has some discrete things. Let's break it down. My population is all adults in cardiac arrest. I was wondering how epi compares with nothing, or what kind of time frame epi is given in after the arrest, and how that impacts neuro outcomes. Now, in my question, I use the term good neuro outcome, which is fuzzy. It turns out it's not so fuzzy when you look at the literature. I was pleasantly surprised to find that basically all of the four main studies I used to answer this question used an outcome measure called the CPC, or Cerebral Performance Category Score. That score classifies someone's neurofunctioning and puts them into one to five buckets. The studies define a good neuro outcome as being scores one or two. One means they're alert, able to work, but might have some mild deficits, but they're able to function. CPC2 means that they're conscious, may not be so alert, but they're functional enough that they can still perform activities of daily living, such as bathing, using the bathroom, and eating. They might need a little more sheltered environment to work in. So when I was looking through my search results, I found that many of the articles reference one major study done by Ian Jacobs and others in Australia in 2011. While it was not specifically designed to assess CPC scores, and it is an underpowered study to evaluate those outcomes, this is one of the only blinded placebo-controlled RCTs on this topic. It's also important to note that in their region, pre-hospital providers do not give epi due to differences in protocols, whereas here in the U.S., that's within the paramedic scope of practice. 
At any rate, this study found that there are slightly worse neuro outcomes after ROSC in the epi group. But this finding was not statistically significant, and then their numbers in these groups were only like 5 to 10 subjects. An additional study is worth mentioning that was not originally designed to answer the question as well. It's a post hoc analysis of an RCT designed to evaluate the effect of IV access and meds by Teresa Olaswingen and others from Oslo. And that's, that was in 2012. And um, that found that VFib and VTAC patients in their epinephrine group were less likely to be discharged with a good neuro outcome with an odds ratio of 0.3. But they didn't find any statistical difference in the PEA or asystole groups. So the data isn't looking great for epi from these two studies, but these were not originally designed to answer the question at hand. So let's look at a few newly published papers that were designed to answer this question. The first one is a retrospective cohort study out of Japan, published in February of 2017 by Jun Tomio uh, and others. So they used a large nationwide data set of witnessed out-of-hospital cardiac arrest patients, and their outcomes were again CPC scores of 1 to 2, either at discharge or one month after ROSC. An important limitation of this study is that their data set is only for pre-hospital care. They did not have any information about what happened to these patients after they got to the hospital, so their overall epidose is unknown. Nevertheless, they found that epi improved outcomes in both asystole and PEA arrests, but they took it one step further and parsed it out. They found that asystole patients had better neuro outcomes with epi, uh, odds ratio of 2.9, compared to PEA with epi, with an odds ratio of 1.3. So pretty interesting and important to note that different rhythms responded differently. Next, another recent study from February of 2017 from Michael Hubble and Clark Tyson also addressed this question. Their study was another retrospective cohort study of out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, and their outcome measure was again the CPC scores 1 to 2. However, their study differs from the last one out of Japan in that they did not do separate analyses of the non-shockable rhythms, and instead they grouped PEA and asystole together. However, their study was fascinating uh, because they were looking at the timing of epi administration. And so they found that the odds of ending up with a CPC score of 1 to 2, good neuro outcome, that drops by 10% for every one minute delay of pressors. And I say pressors because they also had vasopressin administered, but 92% of their patients got epi. At any rate, they calculated that shockable rhythms, being VT and VFib, uh, they have an odds ratio of 7.6 for a good neuro outcome compared to non-shockable rhythm. So that's, that's pretty remarkable. So what do we take away from all of this? Well, emerging literature is suggesting that epinephrine may help adult patients achieve better neurological outcomes following ROSC. But this benefit may be maximal in shockable rhythm arrests and when administered early, but it might result in increased mortality with longer arrests. In non-shockable arrests, patients in asystole specifically receiving epinephrine, they may have better neurological outcomes than patients in PEA, but we need more research to establish statistical significance of the PEA subgroup and to control for the length of the resuscitation and the total epi dosage. Right now, there are randomized trials underway, such as the Paramedic 2 trial in the UK, that should help bring more clarity to this question. 
So I hope you've learned something from this Journal Club episode. If you have suggestions for other topics for us to cover, drop us a line. Thanks for listening.